Hello and welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has been feeling that, but that, yep, that's all I can do. That says enough. It does. <laughs> it says it all. All right. Well, it is a new month and it's March. So you know what that means. In like a lion, out like a lamb, hopefully. Well, that too. But it's Wicked Mock Madness. What? Yeah. It is that time of year again, isn't it's it? It's that time. Wicked Mock Madness. Did you reach out to him? I haven't, but I'm going to make sure I tag him on everything on social. Amazing. He's going to be like, what? <laughs> You're still doing this? You guys. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to do it forever. <laughs> we're going to do it in perpetuity now. Get ready. So for our listeners who are unfamiliar, back when we did a fundraiser to be able to purchase newer audio equipment, uh-huh. our friend Mark generously donated enough to cover half of what we were trying to raise. And as a result, we dedicated an entire month worth of content to him. Mm-hmm. And he likes witches. So we named it Wicked Mock Madness because of March Madness because mm-hmm. I'm all about those puns. And, yeah. and not basketball, incidentally. Oh, all. <laughs> yeah. Witches, not swishes. And <laughs> <laughs> we've been doing it since then. So this is the third time that we have done wicked mock madness Mm -hmm. but before we get into this week's topic i just want to acknowledge and thank our patrons jenna shennifer and tom thank you so much for continuing to support us on a monthly basis if you would like to get early ad-free content you can join our patreon for as low as a dollar a month today we are going to be discussing polish witches okay So we're going to Poland. We all know that pronouncing other languages is a little hard for me, but I think I did a good job phonetically doing things when I was done with my notes. So we'll see. I'm going to give it the old college try. (laughs) There you go. Hell yeah. All right. So information was pulled from the following sources. A 2021 Ancient Origins article by Ashley Cowie. 2021 Express UK article by Sebastian Ketley, 2021 Mysterious Universe article by Jocelyn LeBlanc, 2021 Salem Witch Museum article by Lucas Heydrich, 2021 The Wild Hunt article by Rachel Mohan, 2020 Bauknian article by Thomas Staudolny, Witchcraft in Poland articles by Dr. Wanda Wiporska, the Polska Polish Tourism Organization website, and three Wikipedia links. Awesome. And links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly... If you'd like to have real-time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby, or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes, 
or over on our link tree to get started today. All right. And as I mentioned, we are kicking off Wicked Mock Madness in honor of our good friend Mark. Hi, Mark. This week we are traveling to Poland. So I'm going to open mm-hmm. up the cubby and we'll get started. <laughs> <laughs> the cubby is ready for some Polish names. <laughs> for real. So the witch trials that took place in Poland started much later than the rest of those in the bulk of Europe and the United Kingdom. The earliest known witchcraft case in Poland was that of Damien of Borko, who was charged with committing heresy by Bishop Jakob von Plock. The charge was later dropped due to lack of evidence. Heck yeah. No heresy here. (laughs) Yep. Hey, if no one saw me do it, God's not upset. He didn't care. He didn't strike me down. I was just going to say, he didn't strike me down. <laughs> I see no lightning here, good sir. Mm-mm. No burning bush. Mm-mm. Unless it's in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was how God struck him down. <laughs> it was like too far. He burned his loins. <laughs> too far, Damien. In 1476... Dorota of Zarkshe stood accused of sorcery in Poznan and was sentenced to be burned at the stake, but thankfully the verdict was repealed. Good. Okay, so, so far, not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so far, so good. You know, like later than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Couple of false, false alarms. Mm-hmm. The first confirmed execution. Uh was that of a witch, quote, burnt on the field outside the town of Valichay, end quote, on May 24th, 1511. Unfortunately, her name has been lost to history. All we know is that she stood accused of spoiling the beer in the town. People would burn you alive for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's, yeah. Not, that's a pretty big accusation. Even yeah. today. Yeah. Well, yeah. and didn't they, didn't they mostly drink? They didn't drink water. Yeah, because the water was so contaminated. Mm-hmm. That's like what you drank was beer. That, yeah. Due to the law of people at that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you weren't going to die mm-hmm. if people thought you ruined it. Yeah. Or... Between 1400 and 1550... 79 people were tried for witchcraft before the bishops' courts, with 70% of them belonging to the lower classes of Polish society. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. Actually, 70% seems low, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It does, yeah. Oh, okay. There's some, there's some fancy witches up in there. Mm-hmm. Only a few were members of the clergy. <gasps> mm-hmm. Ooh. Or belong to different social classes. So just a little bit higher up in the food chain. There's some <laughs> there's some high class hocus pocus up in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> up in here. Up in here. And some holy hocus pocus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One noble was posthumously accused of practicing witchcraft. And this trial was held in a consistory court or a Roman Catholic court consisting of cardinals without the Pope presiding as the final judge. Rude. Also, like, 
way to keep a way to beat a dead body like yeah why did you have to posthumously do that because it was a noble and you weren't allowed to accuse nobles who were alive of committing acts of witchcraft it was there was a law against it oh so the only way they could do it was after he died and that bishop was just so vengeful he's like i'm not even gonna wait for the pope you know what because he was a witch he was a witch i said it I said it. Let the, let it be known. <laughs> let let the record show. Let the record show that Dick <laughs> Dick was a witch. <laughs> Consistory court is like a common thing, so it was very rare for them to bring in like the actual pope to be like presiding over something. It'd have to be like super bad to bring the pope yeah. in. You'd think witchcraft would be bad, though. I mean, if he had the if he had to leave Rome every single time there was a witch somebody trial, cried, somebody cried witch. <laughs> he wouldn't have lived in Rome. He he would have been traveling all the time. That's true. He's got better things to do. And he didn't have the Pope Mobile at the time. He did not. Do you think he had a Pope pony? <laughs> he had the Pope wagon, and it was just like a little little cart. It was just it was just like dwarf ponies. Oh my God! And just, just a bunch like... of tiny ponies. Like little sled dogs. Like clippity clapping, <laughs> clippity clapping yeah. down the street. Oh my it's god. It's like a holy a holy trinity of, of ponies. <laughs> <It'd be> adorable. <laughs> Amazing. Interestingly, charges of witchcraft actually weren't that bad in polar society, all things considered. In fact, many of these charges were used during marital disputes as a means or justification. <laughs> To annul a marriage. <laughs> She's a witch, Your Honor. <laughs> well, accusations could be that a wife used witchcraft to make her husband impotent so they couldn't consummate their marriage. Mm -hmm. To avoid having the charge of witchcraft come up at all, the accused may make an official charge ahead of time and charge them with defamation of character or slander. Nice. By doing so, this would help them save face and also force the one accusing them to apologize before the church for their accusations. That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> he shoots blanks. Make him say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's a witch. No, 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 no. No, no, <laughs> Nope. No, sir. <laughs> I got here first. <laughs> that is slander, sir. <laughs> Many of those who were accused were tried by Polish ecclesiastical or church co courts, and the bulk of them were women, which isn't surprising. Mm -hmm. Around 47% of the women accused were never formally tried, and 25% were charged and tried. In later years, women who would be accused and tried before secular or government or non-religious courts would jump up to 90 to 95%. Oh, less fun. Less fun. Unlike other witch trials we've covered in the past, women found guilty of committing acts of witchcraft in the Polish ecclesiastical courts, so the religious ones, would receive relatively benign judgments such as swear an official oath to not practice witchcraft in the future or pay a fine to the church. I, I promise, I promise I will not do witchcraft. 
again and then just like cross your toes i promise i promise i promise your priestship (laughs) torture interrogation techniques weren't used at this time and more quote-unquote severe punishments such as incarceration excommunication or even more unlikely death were only reserved for those individuals who were particularly unrepentant so you'd have to be like so if you faked it you'd make it kind of thing yeah so you could like just be like i'm sorry won't do it again and then they'd be like oh good thanks (laughs) oh no did my mugwort get in your tea i'm sorry i'm sorry Did that X I painted on with your blood on your door <laughs> offend you? <laughs> Make your willy stop working. I'm sorry. Oh no! I'll stop making those dolls out of your hair. <laughs> sorry about it. Yeah. Prior to the 1400s, there is no real information on if any actual death sentences were carried out by the ecclesiastical courts mainly because churches didn't have executioners and only secular courts dealt out such quote-unquote bloody punishments. That makes sense. (laughs) Who's the the religious hit squad? (laughs) Yeah, right? Last I checked, it was just God. He doesn't have the smite squad. (laughs) Right. He did have a pretty wicked way of salt, though. Yeah. Whole new term to salt of the earth. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Many witch trials took place, unsurprisingly, in rural areas, especially during the period of time in which Poland was was really suffering, after enduring war, rebellions, famine, pillaging, and the plague. The villagers living in rural Poland were looking for answers as to why people, animals, property, and even entire villages were enduring so much tragedy. And the answer was very simple. Witches. There you go. Definitely not because of the war. Yep. Or because of just natural causes. You right. Know. <laughs> really, really hot summer? Witches. Bad crops? Witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Floodplain? Witches. My cows stop milking? Witches. It can't be because there's nothing for them to eat. Mm-mm. No. Witches. Mm-mm. Between the 16th and the first half of the 17th century... A total of 49 women and 19 men were condemned for the act of witchcraft in Poland, with most of the accused residing close to or in Poznan, which was close to the Holy Roman Empire and is located in the western region of Poland. I bet you being so close to that religious area has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. These numbers differ from the number of accused who were put to death. Between 1624 and 1700, for example, 116 people were executed in Wielkopolska and Kujawe, with only five of that number being men. Dang. So 111 women. That's incredible. That's wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Kashina Wilka witch trial took place in the small village of Promnik in Krakow, Poland, in 1634. The accused were Zofia Konstanzia and Agnieszka Mikowska, who were put on trial for using witchcraft against the Promnik Mill, 
which resulted in damage to the Promniki fields. It didn't help their cause that the mill belonged to the Dominican monastery in Krakow and that one of the monks was injured. Somebody's got to be blamed for it. So Mm -hmm. why not two young women? Mm -hmm. Both women were found guilty with Zofia burnt at the stake on August 11th, 1634, and Agnieszka on September 5th, 1634. It is the only rural witchcraft trial in Poland that resulted in a death sentence being carried out. Dang. Which means all the other ones took place in actual, like, towns and villages, not kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Which is good, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah, a little less uh, rural justice, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Still. On July 17th, 1672, a new decree was issued by Archbishop Mikhail Radziowski and Mikolai Prashowski, stating that local courts could handle witch trials, but only if they had been informed to do so by religious or higher courts and that the death sentence was banned unless approved by a high court. Okay, so they could do it if the local church approves it. So basically, the local government in like a town could conduct a witch trial if, say, the church is like, yeah, we're going to let that fall within your, your jurisdiction because we think this is really legit and... We can't put them to death because we're a church, but you could because you're the government. So gross. So that's kind of. So that was the loophole. That was the loophole. And this decree came about after a local court in Clodava burnt a group of women after they endured extreme acts of torture during a trial that was circumspect at best and likely illegal. Great. So, sounds like a really great town. A local court can do conduct a witch trial if the religious or higher, higher meaning like pope level type courts are like, yeah, you can do so. But the check and balance for that is you cannot sentence that person to death unless the higher court is like, we're convinced this person's a witch. Yes, you can put them to death. So that's the check. Because this other, this case where all those women were burnt at the stake, they didn't have that check. So they're like, mm. we need to make sure that people are actually like, not just Trying. killing a bunch of people willy-nilly without actually upholding the law. Right. Even with this new decree, many local courts ignored it and continued to try and execute accused witches until 1713. Great. Central High Court was known to interrupt local court witch trials and even stop executions, such as in a 1702 case in Wenshisa and a 1756 case in Shemish, which is good. So that means like the higher courts were hearing about these trials and they were like, oh, fuck no, you're not going to execute those people because you didn't talk to us about it and we didn't say it was okay. So. One of the more famous cases is that of three women who were burnt at the stake in 1679. The remains were discovered in 2021 during restoration work that was taking place at one of the markets in 
Bauknia. Wow. Bauknia, which is located on the Raba River, just 38 kilometers or 24 miles from the capital of Krakow, is home to a 13th century world heritage salt mine. Ooh. Which is the oldest functioning salt mine in Europe. Fun fact. Wow. <laughs> it's salt of the earth. <laughs> it's, it's the literal salt of the earth. The literal salt of the earth, yeah. According to records, three women had been executed in Bauknia on March 15th, 1679. And lead archaeologist Marcin Vaternoga noted that they, quote, have managed to dig up two skeletons. We continue our work and we will undoubtedly come across another skeleton, end quote. So they found the first two like relatively close to one another. Mm -hmm. And they just haven't found that third one yet. At least based off the research that I was able to find. Okay. But why were the women, Regina Berezbitska of Predoshin, Marina Mazurkovitzova of Bauknia, and Borochina of Gnidar, accused of witchcraft in the first place. I don't know. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> in an article by Dr. Wanda Viporska, who states that Regina had conceived a child with a man named Bartosz Orgo Denichki, who was not married to her. Following the child's birth, Regina paid a girl to watch over the child, and upon returning to pick it up, discovered that it was gone and never to be found. So the baby. Upon digging into Regina's history, Wanda stated that Regina had previously worked as a servant in a number of houses, despite the fact that she claimed to belong to the noble house of Okrashonik. Okay. She claimed that her father was the mayor, and she had a married (laughs) sister who died seven years prior in 1672, and a brother who had died serving in the army that same year. Mm -hmm. She also noted that both of her parents were dead. That's convenient. A little bit. Like, yeah, I had a big family, and they were, like, super famous and stuff, but they're all dead now. Yeah. I mean, it's... (laughs) Anything is possible, right. but it sounds <laughs> a little out, sus. Turns out she's Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> That's who she was. <laughs> so, so in actuality, yeah, they're all Grandmama, <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> it's Anastasia. <laughs> Timeline probably doesn't match it, but all it does fine. not at all. But yeah. It's like hundreds of years prior. The Polish Anastasia. Foreshadowing. Her father's mayoralty was sold to a man named Pan Bronitsky, and Regina was given 1,000 zwotis as her share, given she was his daughter. I don't know what that converts to in today's Uh exchange. I could not find any exchange calculator that went back that far to be able to, like, measure the inflation rate. I have no idea. I'm just going to assume it was a good amount because based on the other stories she's telling. Based off the number of zeros, I'm going to assume it was a decent amount of money. Yeah. But 
again, I'm not a historian. I don't know what the going rate of Zoetis is. So Well, and who knows like how much does it cost to be pay to be a mayor? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. She ended up working for Pan for two years before moving on, repeating the process of only staying in one place for a couple of years before she eventually made her way to Bauknia. When Regina was being tortured for information, she confessed mm. that she had used pins to ensure that Bartosz would remain faithful to her. But despite her best efforts, it didn't work. She had tried this under the advice of Borochina. She also admitted that she had, in fact, purchased a newborn baby, faking her pregnancy in an effort to get Bartosz to marry her. Gross. Trigger warning for infanticide. No. God, Lindsay, I can't skip like everybody else. <laughs> I know. I know. When that failed, a woman named Borochina allegedly forced Regina's lover to kill the baby, and they then used the child's veins to create a decoction, which is a liquor that is made by boiling a substance such as a root for medicinal purposes. What the fuck? Meanwhile, the third woman, Marina, stated that the baby's body was then burnt to dust, and under the orders of Borochina, Marina and Regina were forced to drink a deduction that was made from the cremated remains. This can't be real. There's... Yeah. No. Yeah. I According mean... to their testimony, it's real, but, you know. Right, but, like, you can't... <laughs> you can't burn a body. Like, no fire gets that hot to do something like that. Yeah. And boiling a liquor out of ashes. No, they didn't boil the liquor out of the ashes. They, I think she added the... Oh, she added the ashes to the liquor. Yeah, I think that's what she did. I'm just going to say that that wasn't real because that sounds so insane. Mm -hmm. And they were being, like, heavily tortured for this information. Mm -hmm. So that makes me think that, like... Somebody was like, well, did you, what'd you do with the, the veins of the baby? Mm -hmm. And they were like, what? Um, yep. Got tortured and they were like, you know what she did with those veins? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll kind of go into it. Uh... Regina and Marina also admitted, again under torture, to working spells, meeting with the devil, and flying. During questioning, they stated that Borochina, who was a self-proclaimed witch had taught them how to perform the horrible acts. Mm. I don't know if flying's really that horrible. Sounds kind of cool. I think it sounds kind of cool, but, you know. Yeah. What do I know? Amazingly, the accused's exact confessions have been recorded. So I'm going to share with you Regina's confession in its entirety. I will note a trigger warning when the time comes regarding the baby. It's not super long. Okay. I saw Borochina fly through the window at night because I always slept next to her. I asked where she had been. Then she told me and said she had 14 jars. I saw as she smeared herself and searched for a broom. I saw how she made milk from the post by the market. 
When she showed me, I asked her how, and she told me it was through the devil. She told me that when you give yourself to him, you will also be able to do that. Of course. Right. Make milk out of a post? I, I guess. It's the original, like, nut milk. It's the original oat milk. Yeah. Oak. <laughs> oak milk. <laughs> oak milk. Nice. I like it. <laughs> she told me to go for water to the manor well on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I haven't done that yet, for she said that having come back with water, I was to shout, quote, devil, I give you my body and my soul, end quote. She said that the devil would come to me and ask me for a written pact, and she taught me how to give it to him by bleeding myself through my left nostril. Gross. Ooh, specific. Very specific. I didn't go and missed the next time as well and felt so bad that I went to mass at church. So that if I had a soul, I wouldn't lose it. (laughs) I took the child for Borochina's witchcraft, and she was to have bled it. I had to get the child and give it to the gardener for 12 weeks. Trigger warning. Borochina's brother killed a pregnant woman in the forest and ripped the child out of her. Oh my god. Borochina smeared me once again, and I flew. There were five of us. One flew on a sword, another on a broom, and I couldn't fly. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my stupid soul. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Because I didn't have bird bones. But three weeks later, I went, and I I hadn't smeared myself properly and fell onto Zvarchowski fields. She's like a really shitty witch. She's the worst. Oh, God. <laughs> didn't sell my soul, so I was hollow enough to fly. And then when I did sell my soul, I didn't put enough cream on my skin so that I fell. I couldn't know. Meanwhile, meanwhile, there's another badass, like, A++ witch riding a sword. I know, right? <laughs> That doesn't sound very comfortable. (laughs) She sounds like a fire eater, you know? (laughs) Borochina and Marana flew back for me and propped me up between them. Borochina danced there and ordered me to dance. I saw the devil, who was black, and when they led me to him, he punched me, and he was dressed in the German foreign style. (laughs) (laughs) This just sounds like a really bad trip. (laughs) he was was all black he punched me in the stomach because you know whatever it gets better better. they cooked scrambled eggs and gave me eggs which (laughs) fell out of my mouth when I breathed out and said the name of the holy virgin (laughs) so she she just said Mary and all the scrambled eggs came out of her mouth fell out of her mouth <laughs> this is a bad trip she needs a, you know what she drank that beer she drank that beer from that village oh god <laughs> no one told her about the bad beer they gave me a scapular and something black to drink they pretended it was wine but it was bitter they flew away and I had to walk for three days to get home <laughs> Fly. She can't fly. She, she can't fucking put cream on her face. 
<laughs> on my return, I went straight to the church and had a mass said. Another tr- last trigger warning for her. Borochina and Marina burnt the baby. Marina said this in front of me. I can't say her last name again. Mm. That was really hard the first time. Sure. End quote. So that is Regina's testimony. <laughs> okay. sorry, scram- the scrambled eggs really got me. Regina sounds like the nerd character in every like really crappy 80s movie. She sounds like the the one character in Mean Girls who was like, I'm psychic. <laughs> Karen? My, my boobs can tell when it's going to rain. Yeah. There's a 40% chance it's already raining. Yeah. <laughs> I just pictured Regina as her. They flew away and I had to walk home for three days. Mm-hmm. And then they told me they'd burned the baby. Which sucks. Yeah, she had to be she had to be tripping after that yeah. torture. Marna's confession was also noted in great detail. After also enduring torture during questioning, she stated, quote, I know Borochina is a witch, she said herself, and I was at the border or Sabbath with her. She didn't smear herself with ointment, just drank powder and flew off on a broomstick. How do you drink powder? <laughs> it's like the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> she fucking does a cinnamon challenge and rockets out. She's, she's not even, she doesn't even have a broom. She's it's just, it's, it's pre-workout, you know, pre-workout. She just like <laughs> rides out like the Hulk. Just jumps. She's <laughs> 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 <Just> fucking Thor. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> that'd be amazing that'd be... yield yield pre-workout oh, <laughs> no water <laughs> there were five of us among them there was one man Jan Jacek who played on the pipes we destroyed the wheat the canon priest Dobsky of Krakow hired Borochina to destroy the wheat. She was to destroy Uska by burning. I don't know what that means. <laughs> He's gluten-free. <laughs> you wanted to make sure they stopped eating that weird moldy wheat. It's, it's like, you guys, thing. you guys. You guys, this is making some weird beer. We gotta, we gotta burn it to the ground. We gotta get rid of this stuff. It was a bad crop year. Trigger warning. She knew about the baby because she met Vierzbitska at the Sabbath, and Borochina was to dry it and bleed the veins. As we threw the powder, we chanted, quote, let there be years as dry as this dust, let there be no rain, and let nothing grow, end quote. I know that Vierzbitska and Borochina burnt the child to powder. We drank that powder with Borochina. Two years ago, our devils were Voyevod and Marshall. God, <laughs> like just Marshall, Greg, <laughs> yeah. Bob. You know Voyevod and Bob. <laughs> He's a foreign exchange student. Yeah, he's from the Americas. Who always danced with us and we drank from pewter steins. 
I had sex with the devil called Foreman and Virzbitska with the Voivode. I harmed nothing in Bauknia because I have been treated well here, except the harvest, and the results of that have been seen already. I learned my witchcraft in the fields of Father Dobsky with Borochina and Kuchina, as he paid 1,000 zvatis. Only 100 zvatis of the priest's money remains, and I have received nothing yet. Boruha has it. I renounce the devil to whom I gave my soul two years ago. End quote. I haven't gotten paid. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. We're through, devil. I'm so over this. But I can't say the can't say the name Mary or scrambled eggs are gonna fall out of my mouth. <laughs> like that dumb <laughs> Like Regina George. Like dumb Regina. Following their confessions, all three women were likely tied together to a stake and burnt alive over a pit to symbolize their descent into hell as punishment for their sins. Mm. Aneta Stakon, who works at the Bauknia Museum of Stanley Schwa Fischer, published a study that included all the information she was able to find on the women, such as the following. They were charged with infanticide. Burned under torture, Virzbitska admitted that she had bought a baby from a certain man in order to fake her motherhood and thus force Bartosz Ogronik, with whom she was in love, to marry. From Virzbitska's further testimonies, it appears that the same gardener, ordered by Borochina, killed the infant and she ripped out the veins from him, which she used as an ingredient for making magic ointments. Mazur Kovitsova, on the other hand, confessed that they burned the child's body to powder, and then, on Borochina's order, she and Virzbitska had to drink a de- decoction from it. End quote. That's a summary of everything that they, they said. Yep. Archaeologists have been investigating the skeletal remains of the two women unearthed in Bauknia and noted burn marks on the bones, which would only be possible as a result of extreme temperatures. Mm -hmm. The fact that they were buried in the square where they were likely executed instead of given a proper burial on sacred ground also backs up the theory, since witches would not have been allowed on blessed ground. Yep. And it it also backs up the theory, considering they were found in close proximity to one another. The three women weren't the only ones to be executed in Bauknia, there are records of at least 13 similar executions taking place there as well. Hush. In Aneta's study, she also noted the following about the location where the skeletal remains were unearthed. Quote, in Bauknia, the place of execution was the market square, where a wooden pile was placed around a tall pole standing in the middle. It also happened that the pile was placed over a previously dug pit, into which bones and coals fell after the wood burned. Such a spectacle was supposed to symbolize the witch's descent into the hellish abyss. The convict was usually tied to a mortal structure in a standing or lying position. Accused of witchcraft in 1679, Regina Virzbitska was tied by her hands and feet to a pole towering over the pyre and burned alive. End quote. We know, as history has shown time and time again, that people will confess to anything while enduring torture in an effort to make it stop. 
What? Even if what they're agreeing to isn't the truth. Mm-hmm. In this instance, the women would have been held and interrogated slash tortured in the town hall near the courthouse. The method of torture was likely via rack, where ropes would be bound to their limbs and they would be stretched until their limbs were pulled from their sockets. See, during the Middle Ages, forced confessions as a result of torture were still considered legally binding and truthful. For a long time. Mm -hmm. The practice being based on the Latin phrase, confessio est regina probationum, which means confession is the queen of evidence. Gross. In 1681, another trial was conducted in Poznan for a woman named Jadwiga that was accused of using magic and committing sacrilegious acts. We don't have the specifics on the trial, but we do have the list of questions that the judges asked her about the crimes. Okay. Here are the seven questions she was asked, which gives us a glimpse into the types of interrogations supposed witches were subjected to during their trials. Mm-hmm. First question is, why, being able to before Easter communion, did she go to confession only on Easter Sunday And even then, she went after Mass had been celebrated in church. Because she's a lazy Catholic. Next. (laughs) Second question. Why did she remove the host from her mouth and put it in her pocket? And what did she use it for? Snacks. Next. I wanted it to have some cheese. All right. I like like my body of Christ with butter. Next Mm -hmm. question. Third. Why, for a few years, did she pray outside the Franciscan church in the evening when it was closed? Because she was always late. Next. Because she's a night owl. (laughs) Number five. Why did she give the devil to Anna, who works for Pani Tochkova? She didn't like her. Next. I don't know. (laughs) She didn't like the way her shoes looked. (laughs) Next. Number six. Why do respectable people accuse her of being a witch? Haters. They're haters. And number seven. If ever the possessed chased and beat her, and who protected her, and what did those evil spirits say to her? Don't listen to them. You're beautiful. (laughs) Now go pray at night. Because you missed church again. Outside the church. Outside the church. Right. Go pray outside because you can't get in. In 1689, two women were tried for witchcraft. An 11-year-old girl from Ganesno named Dorota and her mother, Zofia. The witch was supposedly Dorota, but her mother was also tried because at that time, it was believed that the act of being a witch was hereditary. Oh my god. Okay. In her own words, Dorota's testimony during her trial was as follows. And this is pretty short. Quote, my mother led in the bridegroom. It was Thursday night and the cocks were already crowing when we got married. Mrs. Shedverka took a silk rope and gold wedding rings. Then she joined us together. There were six wax candles burning. Shedverka said to me, do you take this man? And I said nothing and I didn't want to. But he said, I take this woman. Then immediately we danced back to back, and I danced with my bridegroom. My stepmother danced with her partner, who was called Cogzimirs. He played for us on the pipes. 
When he came to me, he hid me and did with me what he wanted, and he was cold, end quote. Oh, God. So instead of making blood packs with the devil, which was more common in Europe, mm-hmm. at this point in time, Polish witches were bound to the devil through sex, and they believed he had a cold penis. Interesting. When asked about her mother, Zofia, Dorota described her as, quote, she gave birth to me, but I don't regard her as my mother because she never taught me that our father and I pity a dog more than her, end quote. Damn. Yeah. And she was 11. She was 11. Oh, my God. Like, ouch. Wow. Okay. Zofia denied that she was a witch until finally breaking after enduring severe bouts of torture, after which she swore before a crucifix, quote, We danced. The devils took us home where we danced and had sex, just as with our husbands. Three times, and he was cold. Not every day, just on Thursdays, and we had sex at home. My husband felt nothing and knew nothing, although it was at home. Because the devil lay on the left side and my husband lay on the right. End quote. Why Thursdays? I don't know. Thirsty Thursdays? I don't know. I don't know. At least it wasn't on Taco Tuesdays because that would have just like I know. ruined Taco Tuesdays for everyone. I don't know if the pair were ultimately put to death. But I do know that they were likely suspected of being witches due to the fact that they were travelers. Mm, there it is. Zofia's husband had died, and the women moved constantly and were much poorer than their neighbors, making them mm-hmm. easy targets. Yep. In the later half of the 18th century, reform was finally coming to fruition to ban witch trials altogether. The Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth was one of the first countries to ban people from being tried for sorcery after passing a law reform in 1768 that mandated that all witchcraft cases be overseen in the National High Court and not in any sort of religious or local courts. So it had to go all the way up to the top, like like the Pope level. Dang, okay. Another trial of note was that of the Doruhuf witches, which took place in the 18th century. It was the last mass trial in Poland, although there are conflicting reports on when it took place and how many victims there were. Of course. So I'm going to list both versions. Okay. In one telling, 14 women were sentenced to death in 1755 after being accused of causing the illness of a local nobleman's wife. Dang, 14 women for one woman? Mm Mm-hmm. Whoa. The village women were accused of using magic to make her ill, and of the 14 that were arrested... Three died as a result of the torture they endured while the remaining 11 were burnt at the stake. (sighs) Fun fact, the year that the United States celebrated its independence from British rule was the very same year that torture and witch trials were banned in Poland. Hey, another kind of freedom. However, this 1776 law wouldn't be enforced until 50 years later in 1826. Of course not. In another telling of the Doruhuf witch trials, 
six women were sentenced to death in 1783, so seven years after the ban was put into place. And it's unclear if the women were actually put to death or not. Okay. We do know that the judges who presided over the trial were punished for not abiding by the law. Good. But, like, what was their punishment? Slap on the yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Fines for the church? Hey, don't. Yeah, make us a promise, just like they used to do in the 1400s. Don't I do it plumeth. again. I promise not to do it again. <laughs> in 1773, Franciszka Golebejewska of Gostein was tortured to death for being a witch. In 1786, a murder trial that included the act of witchcraft was conducted in Ulanov. In 1790, Mache and Katejana Barreta, a married couple, were put on trial in Schaffnil Gericht von Noe Vishnish. Yes. <laughs> After they were accused by the Shivda family of enchanting their cattle. Ooh. Don't mess with people's cattle, men. That's yeah. Bad things are going to happen. Yep. In 1793, two women in Poznan were tried for using their inflamed eyes in order to enchant and make their neighbor's cattle ill. Gross. Inflamed eyes. I know. <laughs> what if they just had, like, really horrible pink eye? I was just like, they're enchanting my cattle! <laughs> Unfortunately, they were found guilty and burnt at the stake. The last known victim to be burnt at the stake in Poland was a woman named Barbara Zadunk, who was executed in the city of Reschel in Varmia province in August of 1811. Barbara was accused of starting a fire which almost decimated all of the structures in Reschel. You're probably like, what does possible arson have to do with witchcraft? Yep. Well... When the investigation into the cause of the fire was turning up nothing, they turned their sights onto Barbara, who has long been suspected of being a witch. Even after undergoing rounds of torture during her interrogation, she refused to admit to starting the blaze. A few years later, with no evidence, Barbara was still found guilty in not only the local Prussian courts, but even the Prussian king agreed that her sentence of being accused of witchcraft was just and fair. Gross. So on August 21st, 1811, Barbara, who had been sentenced to be burnt at the stake, was taken to Shubanitsa Hill outside of Rochelle, where she was put to death by an executioner from Leedsbark. However, the last woman to officially be put to death for being a witch after being accused of committing acts of sorcery was Kritzina Sevona, who was lynched in 1836 by a group oh. of locals. Oh. By the end of the Polish witch trials, an estimated three to 4,000 people were executed for practicing sorcery. Crazy. And that is the history of Polish witches. Damn. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me A Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. 
If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, become a member of our Patreon today for as low as a dollar a month. Black history is more than the common names we always hear. Each Friday, join Shakira White, an HBCU grad and content creator, as she recounts the stories of those forgotten in Black history. If you want to learn more about Black history, are curious about all things Black, or you just want to hear a great narrative, this is the podcast for you. On a lighter note, this week's podcast plug is the Black History Moments podcast. Nice. And we will have a link in the show notes. So, what is something good you'd like to share? I am so very, very, very close to being out of that old apartment. Yes. It's been a long journey to get out of it. Mm -hmm. But we keep having, like, weird hiccups and freak snowstorms Mm -hmm. (laughs) that prevent us from doing it. But... We're doing a final trip tomorrow and we'll be done. But one thing that, so my youngest dog had really, really horrible separation anxiety and we worked a good year and a half to help him with it. And unfortunately he is back swung a little bit Mm. and has ruined two of his dog beds while we were finishing moving. So in an effort to make a an easier more economical dog bed i used the old memory foam from our older mattress and i made Mm -hmm. i made three dog beds for him and two dog beds for willie and i'm gonna use those pillowcase the zippable pillowcase covers that are Mm -hmm. waterproof oh yeah 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 so we're gonna try that out we're gonna see how that goes Because when it's a dog bed, he tries really hard not to ruin it, Mm. but he'll get so anxious that he he pees on it. Mm -hmm. And then if there's no water protection, it's just like, you know, an eggshell and memory foam. Mm -hmm. And you can't get urine out of that. (laughs) So I'm hoping that this will be better for him. But yeah, I I made dog beds out of a memory foam mattress cover. So that was kind of fun. Nice. He used used a kitchen knife <laughs> and some gorilla glue, <laughs> as one does. You do what you need to do, man. Yeah. You should submit it to DIY. Oh my god! Those like really those like really horrible craft YouTube craft videos. Some of them, I'm just like, who who wants that? What the fuck? Right. Why did you yep. ruin that? Yep. <laughs> you made it worse. <laughs> I think one of my favorites from the, the pandemic was the hot glue flip-flops. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. That one, and I like how they spent a lot of, there was this one where they spent a whole lot of time making a mold of someone's foot. So you could make a foot-shaped soap that you would use to just like rub your foot on in the shower to wash the bottom of your feet. <laughs> it was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. I was like, okay, cool. Cool, bro. COVID was fun. God. So many crafters were like, it's my time to shine. (laughs) It's my time to shine. All right. What about you? What's one good thing this week? I am officially done giving Charlie his antibiotic shots. I have been for a couple weeks, but I just haven't mentioned it. 
I did get his enclosure all nice and pretty again. So now he's Mm -hmm. got his little substrate and stuff. And he had a very nice shed the other day, a full shed. He's grown five more inches. (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to say scary <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a grower not a shower oh my god he hasn't eaten for like a month and I've been trying to do the frozen thing he mm-hmm. hasn't eaten yet but I'm hopeful and he yawned a few times last night which means he's hungry mm-hmm. so I was like okay well maybe on Monday we'll do we'll try again because we're not going to do live feeding anymore it's too dangerous so that's my good thing Charlie's doing well I just need to get him Good. to eat. <laughs> Have you tried air frying? He's <laughs> like a finicky child. Right. I'll get him there. I'll get him. You didn't put any olive oil on it. Doesn't smell very good to snakes. Anyway, are you ready to shut her down? I am. Yeah. All right. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Yield Crime Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. A great way to support the show if you would like to help out but can't do so financially is to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, or wherever you can leave a rating and review. This week's comes from our friend Elizabeth. Oh, hi. She says, five stars. I love listening to this podcast. Lindsay and Madison are hilarious. They have just the right amount of banter between them that relates to the story. They provide information on cases I've not heard of before, and I get to learn a little bit of history, too. I also love that for each episode, they have time for a listener question. We haven't for a long time. Sad. And they always end with something good that happened to them each week. Thank you for all the hard work and thank you for getting me curious about my family history. Still looking for that skeleton in our family closet. Winky face. LOL. There's probably so many. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, you probably have a serial killer in your family tree somewhere. At least one. Everybody's got one. Everybody has one person where we're just like, yeah, we don't talk about that guy. <laughs> That's a bad guy. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. We don't talk about that one. No. Thank you, Elizabeth. I appreciate yeah, thank you. you. She emails us periodically with like fun gifts and stuff. Oh, yay. I love her. If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. <laughs>